Hello, dear Yif, and welcome back to our series. Um, I'm back with Antoinette, and today we are going to be talking about spiritual narcissism. This is a topic that is, I think, of vital importance in this day and age, and yet it's not spoken about much. Um, but we will, once again, just coming from our own journeys from our own experiences and just sharing the little insight that we have and tips that we've acquired along the way. Um, we hope that they'll be of some benefit to you that's listening in. So Antoinette, welcome back. Hi, thank you. So yeah, spiritual narcissism. Hmm. <laughs> Expand on that. Um, well, yeah, it can be a touchy subject because um, you see it often, you know, often enough, should I say, in, in life in general, um, in, within the spiritual community. I find I'm still, every time I'm surprised to see it because, um, you know, like when you've been in, on, on the spiritual practice, you, you naturally, anyways, at some point, you start developing um, intuitive and psychic senses even. You know, they're just as knowing, especially women. They just know. <laughs> so to see um, spiritual narcissism pop up, it's like my question is like, what's the point of even putting, like to me it's an act, right? What's the point of putting on the act? I have like, these people people can see you but obviously not not everyone right um well i think that um the problem with narcissism is that people often have a a slight indication that there's red flags but there is it's like trauma bonding you know with with the person and you know women and men alike experience it mostly in relationships or you know between parent and child and I think that replays then when it comes to the spiritual community because it's usually like a mentor or mm. it's somebody close to you you know that you've been training with or working with but is you know slightly more advanced or it's you're usually in the vulnerable position and I think that's that's what I think shocked me the most about the spiritual the spiritual world and spiritual communities in general and um, because you go into this this you go onto this path to heal mm -hmm. often because you've already experienced some level of trauma or you've come out of bad relationships or you've come out of bad situations or whatever has happened in your life that's kind of propelled you onto this path and your focus is on healing and it you know it's it's so easy using certain terminology and certain keywords to create this kind of guise of a very safe environment to, mm. to be in and to heal in and to to develop in and i think it takes time you know even yeah as you said like with time on your path you can identify it and you you know your little spidey senses started to kick in and you you start to identify these people but when you are just embarking on your healing journey mm. it's so easy to fall into that into that trap because you're vulnerable and narcissists prey on the vulnerable yeah they don't go for the strong people who are in you know fully a 
attentive to their surroundings and, you know, able to tune into these things and stand on their own two feet fully, they, they see the vulnerability, you know, or they'll, they'll search, they'll wait and they'll, they'll wait until they find it and then they'll go for it. Yeah. And so the spiritual community and spiritual practice actually is a perfect breeding ground. It's a perfect <laughs> playground, I should say, and a breeding ground, but it's a perfect playground for narcissists. Mm. It's really, um, in, in a way, it's, it's like selling you the dream. If you come to me and I'll do these things, these energy readings or whatever it is, and you can find the, what, the holy grail kind of thing, or you'll, I don't know, be cured, right? And uh, I, I suppose in the past, like traditionally we would have had leaders, spiritual leaders, priests, you know, shamans, um, the medicine woman. You know, and we it's like we almost always, in a way, outsourced our, uh, the, the healing, you know, aspect of, like, we wanted to heal, but we had to have someone else do it for us kind of thing. And we're at the point now that if we don't do the work ourselves, you know, we're ne never going to be better, yeah. you know, healthier, more whole, and, and yes, like when you are in a vulnerable state, when you have trauma or you have a, especially a um, very physical or mental, emotional condition, you know, that, that are, is very um, intrusive in your life, then you, uh, you do get desperate and you do look for miracles. And um, yeah, it's kind of a shame, you know, that we people go to these gurus and they often have a lot of, marketing behind them there is often a team of people working behind them as well to promote them and they have existing students who promote them and so it, it can be hard I think to discern at the beginning mm -hmm. uh, because they seem so accomplished and yeah this again feeds into their whole thing because they can appear as holier than thou mm -hmm. and having such a divine connection to source and such a divine connection to spirit and for you to grow on your path really you need them mm. you need them to feed you that information you need them to be that channel for you to you know channel down that healing energy or to initiate you or to to pass on all of these these healing qualities and as you journey and as we know now um at this stage of our path i mean a lot of these the skills are, they're not gifted to you. You know, you discover them through your healing journey that you embark on by yourself, that you, when you do the work, as you say, when you go and, and take on that task of, of doing the work yourself and taking charge of your own healing journey and you build the skills and you, you receive the gifts, you know, through that and the, the skills and to help others. But it's, it's presented in a very nice box and I think it's it's appealing for people because we live in a time where everything is instant yeah social media is you know king um we receive so much information we're bombarded by so much information everything is instant if we want something it's instant yeah. uh, so this concept of having to spend years healing 
is mm-hmm. just not appealing to people. Whereas if you can do it in a really short space of time, or if this person can come in and help you and just propel you to, you know, on your ascension path, then people will go for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do people drink bottled water instead of tap water? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think that we're conditioned to to fall for that. I think that, you know, there is the element of discernment and there is the element of, yeah, we, we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. because you know we're healing but then we're also conditioned mm-hmm. to be it, I, to that. Mm-hmm. it makes me think about um you know when you're a kid and as a child you do need a parent you do you do need a guardian you know you do need people to show you you know teach you things but at some point um usually in your teens and some people later on in life in the 20s and some even in the 30s they figure out you know what um this isn't working for me I've you know I'm an individual (laughs) you know I want to do it my way (laughs) well I can figure it out for myself right at that point where you start noticing okay you know um this person that I was learning maybe I was getting you know a lot of good lessons or good skills Mm, you know what they're also human they also got faults and flaws you know uh, and it's to me it's like everybody has their faults and flaws um it's it's the, the 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 critical thing is it's when people deliberately and continually prey on people and take advantage you know that's that's the that's the the not good not the unsavory part of it right yeah and it happens all too too often mm-hmm. and I've I've met people who, who have it's different when you're experiencing it and going through it and you you realize maybe years later what's what's going on but when you're kind of past that initial stage of healing and you meet people who are you know at their first stage in that vulnerable place mm. um, it's scary sometimes um, sometimes the stories that they tell or, you know, what gets me is the push to externalize trauma mm. and then the second stage is, but I will help you with that. I will take that away from you. Like, you know, entities, like I know that there is, there are entities, you know, we can, we can, um, we, depending on how we resonate and depending what's happening on happening with it in us, there are energies around us that can interact with us. And if we are going through a really difficult time, then we can attract low energy beings. Um, but sometimes the beings that we're interacting with are our trauma. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of ourselves that are manifesting in these, you know, ugly forms. Yeah. And this is the part that gets me sometimes is telling somebody in that moment where they are deep in process that no, actually it's not your trauma. It's this, this being that has been sent to you or that you have picked up, you know, from somewhere else, completely dissociating the trauma from the person and then Mm -hmm. making the person enter into fear because now not only are they experiencing this trauma that's still in their body, but now they've also got these things that are attacking them from the outside that they apparently have no control over. And, but it's okay 
because I'm experienced, I can take them off you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, in the tribal sense, in the cultural sense, um, that's how the shamans used to do it, right? That's how the priests used to do it. Um, I think because we were in sort of a dark, if you want to call it an age, where we were shrouded, our vision, our clarity wasn't there. Um, we weren't connected like how we, many of us are now. You know, there was way fewer people connected. So, yes, when you have, you know, uh, um, an, uh, a small grouping of people that can channel, can heal, then there's automatically going to be a monopoly. Or, um, automatically you can start making money. Yeah. But that's no longer the case anymore. You know, yeah. so many of us are awaking and, and so many of us are starting to develop these spiritual gifts and, and, um, develop ourselves on on this um ascension path and and it's amazing the kids nowadays like um, what what comes out of their mouth and and what insights like that that way of only one shaman for the village is gone kind of thing you know only one medicine person for the village is that those days are gone yeah our needs are also different now yeah and, and this is the thing, it's it's about being able to move with the times and being able to respond. I mean, you can still counsel people, you can still guide people, you can still support them in a way that's in alignment with the needs of our modern society, just like the shamans in the past. Yeah. Um, for us, it's ancient teachings. For us, it's yeah. ancient ways. But for them, they were just meeting the needs of their modern community and the needs of the people. And as you say, that was what was needed at yeah. the time. But I feel like now there is there's a different intent behind that, that it's it's not coming from that place of, OK, well, we have that we have those gifts and a lot of people are not there yet so we can help them. Whereas now it's like, no, I'm going to use this to be able to to pray on vulnerable or to keep them under my control, mm-hmm. to keep them, you know, near me for longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a form of entrapment and disempowerment and I think that's the difference there's the the difference of intent is massive when we compare what the ancient shamans would do to yeah. what's being done today yeah definitely it's um almost like to me I'd, I'd, I'd let me just say it it's parasitic <laughs> you know when you're keeping the people like if you want to say like um fish in a bucket all the students are the fish in the bucket and you keep on feeding them bread and and they're fighting to get out of the bucket and you'll and you keep on telling them no you're okay here's a piece of bread you know you'll be okay as soon as you do this then you'll you'll get out and then they never they want to keep the 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 students in in the bucket because that's their source of um in Income and their so- source of um, recognition, their source of um, value, you know, being valued. Yeah. And I can see why some people would do that. It's just that we don't need that anymore. <laughs> you know, a lot of people people are, are saying, you know what, this isn't working anymore, like in the church sense. 
yeah. traditional, or not, I don't know if you want to call it traditional, but in the Catholic sense, it's changing so rapidly. If you think about, if you look at the Catholic Church, say 30 years ago to, to now, you know, it's rapidly changing. Yes. Well, people are are thinking freer, as you as you mentioned. <coughs> the children now coming up are just so much more awake, so much yeah. more kind of enlightened and, and aware. And even, you know, I have to mention because um, just recently my my nephew even came to me. He was like, you know what they released, what NASA just released? And I'm like, no, what? They're like the sound. They have a recording from a sound of a black hole. And he was able to play it for me. And I was like, it's so connected. You know, it's like, of course, they understand the cosmic energies and the cosmic realm so much easier. And with technology as well, and with the cloud, you know, and uploading things to the cloud and the way that technology works now, it's so much easier for them to comprehend you know, how spirituality mm-hmm. works. It just makes more sense to them. Um, and we don't mm-hmm. need, yeah, as you say, those old archaic structures that were maybe beneficial years ago, but we've moved past them now. Yeah. Yeah. And they were working in the, those times and it did work because the roles were traditional, you know, pastor, um, parishioners, um, shaman, the rest of the village kind of thing. It was that kind of clear-cut, but now things are not as clear-cut. And um, yeah, can experience whatever path you want. Yeah, because we are moving through times of change. And when we meet major times of change as a collective, like as on a global level or even on a national level or community level, there's a need to respond and there's a need to respond with ways that haven't been used before to meet Mm -hmm. changes and to meet the demands and to meet the needs of the community. So we have to think outside the box. And I think that that's where the structures are breaking away. Um, It's not necessarily solely due to the fact that they're flawed or inherently flawed or inherently wrong. It's because the needs are different and Mm -hmm. we're moving into different times. And as a result, we need to think differently. And so even as somebody who's on their spiritual path or even starting out, you kind of start out with that. It's like you have to be observant. You have to to be independent to an extent or more independent than you would have needed to be before on your journey because Mm -hmm. it's really important that you have your own skills and that you can, you know, discern, that you can connect by yourself, that you can have that connection to your higher self, that you can trust yourself, that you can know yourself so that you will know how to respond Mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm. the challenges that you're facing in your life and so yeah the the organized religion isn't as strong now as it was back in the day because the challenges require different responses yeah it's really important for us to kind of keep that in mind as we journey and as mm-hmm. we continue to grow and develop and advance as best we can that we are facing into changing times challenging times and times that need unique responses. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing about the narcissists in general, whether they're spiritual or not, we learn from them. They teach us how to stand up on, we teach us how to stand up on our own two feet, how to be, you know, vocal when we overcome, you know, being a victim, how to speak up for ourselves, how to do things and value ourselves put ourselves first you know so they all have a purpose all of it 
the good, bad, indifferent, all of it. (laughs) That's a positive slant to take. (laughs) Yeah. After they rip us apart and break us down, they teach us to stand up again. Um, they, they do. Uh, well, the way I see it is we, as like if you want to, the victim actually has that opportunity to to change things for themselves. You want to call it that, the victim. Um, if it wasn't for this person perpetrating whatever on them, you know, they wouldn't be given those lessons, you know. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, we can we're at the point now we we don't have to go through the suffering we can learn through our own um value systems we can learn from others right yes we don't have to keep on suffering yeah and that's a really really good point to end up on because um the value systems absolutely learning each value and integrating each value is a journey in itself and brings its own challenges and brings its own healing. So yes, by focusing on values and learning to integrate the values within us, as you said, we can learn through that way. We don't have to learn through the suffering and we don't have to learn through others interfering in our, in our health or in the happiness and our well-being in any aspect of our journey. So value-based yeah. learning. <laughs> yeah. It's it, values inform a lot it's a good place to start and if we haven't we haven't yet um, developed our values it's a good time to start (laughs) absolutely the time is now (laughs) yeah thank you Antoinette pleasure we will see you next time 